Welcome to Beyond the Silo, grain marketing tips for growers. In our last episode of Beyond the Silo, we're going to take a look into what to do in those rare instances where things don't go as planned when selling grain. Most contracts are fulfilled with little or no issues, but some contracts do go pear-shaped. The grower could be the defaulter or the buyer, but knowing your rights, obligations and options is important. To discuss these, I'm joined in the GPSA studio by independent agricultural consultant, Jonathan Wilson. G'day, Jonathan. Thanks, Drew. Jonathan, I guess many things can go wrong with meeting a grains contract, but what are some of the common ones? I guess the main one from a grower point of view is production failure, crop failure. So uh, inability to meet the obligation because you just don't have the grain. That's probably the most common one. Other ones are around when the buyer doesn't perform, and that might be maybe they haven't paid on time, maybe there's a a dispute about some of the terms or the rules of the contract, or in the absolute worst-case scenario is someone goes insolvent. That's obviously the worst-case scenario. Well, let's stick with the grower side there. You said, you know, the most common one is difficulty fulfilling a contract because something's probably gone wrong with the crop. Mm. You can usually see that coming, though. So what would your advice be if you do see that coming and difficulty with meeting your obligation to fulfil that contract? Absolutely. The first thing to do is to call your counterparty and discuss it. Sometimes your counterparty will be able to offer you flexibility against your contract, but sometimes they won't be able to. They might have a corresponding obligation themselves on the other side, but it's important to call your counterparty as soon as you know or suspect you've got an issue. If you leave it up to the last day of a contract period to call with a problem, you don't give them any time to give you solutions. So if you've got a contract to deliver grain by the end of November and you wait to the 30th of November to say, I've got a problem, you're giving them very little opportunity to offer you flexibility. It might be that they're not able to offer you flexibility. They're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to be difficult. It's just that they've got an obligation that they can't get out of. Sometimes they will but sometimes they won't be able to. In trading, we say your first loss is your best loss. You can't let a problem fester like a pre-season camp. You've got to deal with it straight away. Don't close your eyes and hope the problem goes away. Thank you for getting the boot in there to the crows there with the (laughs) festering pre-season quote there. But Um, there's a couple of terms that come up in this area, Jonathan. Uh, One is washout and the other one is force majeure. Let's deal first with washout. What's that mean? Grain Trade Australia Rule 17.9 says that any contracts between the parties will be closed at the fair market price. So this Rule 17 is around problems with the contract. If you request a washout, or if that's the only option available, the buyer will quote you a price to wash it out at. That means that they will quote you a price that they can buy the equivalent tonnage of grain in an equivalent location to meet that obligation. Now, this price does not necessarily equate to their grower bid. They might not actually be buying grain at that grower bid, but it should be a price where they can buy grain at on that day, in that quality, in that location. If your contract price is lower than the washout price, you will need to pay the difference. Now, if your contract price is over the washout price and you're in the money, I would argue under GTA Rule 17.9 that the trader should pay you the difference. 
Now, that isn't always the case. I remember once where I had a a loan with a bank that I was in the money with on a fixed interest loan, and the bank may have had the right to keep the money, but I didn't think it was a right thing to do. So my response to that was, I closed my accounts with that bank and I've never banked with them since. They had the right to do it, but they didn't treat me well. So I've always remembered the way that I've been treated whenever things have gone pear-shaped. And this harks back to when we spoke about counterparty risk. What happens in the way that a trader or a buyer deals with you whenever they're able to stick the boot in. We talk about having the foot on the throat. Do you let them up or do you put the foot down? And you learn a lot about people whenever it's your throat and their boot. What about force majeure then? So force majeure is really an event out of your control that you're not able to perform your obligations. You get a legal advice on what it actually means in a legal term, but If you look at Grain Trade Australia Rule 21.1, paragraph 2, it specifically excludes production loss or crop failure from force majeure. In any event, calling force majeure does not cancel a contract, it just extends it. And if you're going to go down that pathway, there has been a flood and it's wiped out the bridges or you've had a, you know, a lightning strike or something that you haven't been able to perform, make sure that you've got the right legal advice and you're following the process properly. You're giving notice, you're getting the counterparty to accept it, you've got the proof of the force majeure event. It does not cancel a contract, it just extends it. Jonathan, we've been looking at the grower's side, but what about the buyer side when they don't perform specifically don't pay for instance as a general rule the first port of call should be call your counterparty find out if it's a genuine problem or if it's an oversight i know i've had times where we've forgotten to pay something it's not been done deliberately but you've forgotten to pay something, whether you know your electricity bill has been filed in the wrong spot or you know I thought someone else was going to take care of it. Um, so call your counterparty up because most of the time you've got a problem with that. It's an innocent issue and you can address it there and then. What if it isn't an innocent issue? If it isn't an innocent issue, then you know, I guess the next step is to look at your contract's dispute resolution mechanism. Most but not all contracts will refer to Grain Trade Australia trade rules. So you check your contract TNCs. The first thing I would think about is that if you've got multiple other contracts with this counterparty, do you still have to deliver them? So make sure that you've got the right legal advice to know whether you have to continue to perform against other obligations if they're not performing. Look particularly at Grain Trade Australia Rule 13.4. What about worst case scenario, Jonathan? You find out they're insolvent. Yeah, You've got a number of things you can look at. I guess the first thing is prevention is better than cure. So making sure that you're aware of what's going on. So you look at things, insolvency before it becomes a problem and then after it's a problem. I guess the first thing is that you can address it through the type of contract you're entering into. So a cash contract is of a lower risk, a lower exposure to a counterparty than a forward contract because your timing of entering the contract and getting paid is much shorter. And there's a number of other reasons too, but you know, the type of contract is a way that you can reduce that risk. The second one is to examine the counterparty, make sure you're comfortable with who the counterparty is, whether they're a, a member of Grain Trade Australia, whether they've performed in the past and so on, all those counterparty risk things we spoke about in earlier episodes. And the third thing before it's a problem is make sure you've got some ongoing thought around your contract. Don't set and forget. Keep your eyes and ears open. Insolvencies don't often just creep up at you like a horror movie 
sometimes you can see it coming. So maybe you've seen or heard issues of delayed payments, what your neighbours have experienced. Maybe they're not answering the phone. They're not updating their website. There's There are things that are getting out of date. Those are kind of little alarms that you need to make sure that you're aware of. So, so the best solution is knowing about it way ahead of time. If something goes wrong, there's an insolvency occurs, there's a number of things you need to think about. Again, referring to Rule 17 of the GTA Terms and Conditions, first of all is find out. In fact, there's a document around insolvency protection that you can access at the GTA website and you know, there'll be something that'll be important to look at. Uh, you find out, you correct your position, you calculate what your washout is. We spoke about washouts before. You submit your claim to the administrator you attend meetings, you try to get your expert on the panel, and you keep on mitigating your risk. Obviously, getting legal advice is the first thing you should do whenever you you hear about insolvency. It is the worst case scenario, and really making sure that you've managed your counterparty risk and you've managed it proactively is the best way to get out of having to deal with insolvencies, making sure you're dealing with someone who's unlikely to be insolvent. Well, Jonathan, just lastly, a bit of a hypothetical for you. You've got a contract for multiple loads. One of them, though, you just can't fulfil for whatever reason. What should growers be thinking about in that instance? If you look at that, you've got a a contract to deliver 500 tonnes to uh, an end user and you've delivered your first nine loads have gone in, your 450 tonnes have gone in and you've got the last 50 tonnes and there's a problem with that. I guess the first one is that if, if you've got a delivered contract the contract is essentially broken down into individual loads. So the counterparty can't reject all 500 tonnes based on that last 50 tonnes. That means that they have to pay you for that 450 tonnes as per the contract. If that one load doesn't meet standards, you can still argue over that load. So that refers to GTA Rule 13.3. You can still have the dispute over that one load and solve that problem just concerning that one load, but it doesn't stop the obligation for you having to be paid for all those other loads you've delivered against the contract. So it's the same on the other way around. You've got to perform on the whole contract, but the elements that you have performed on, you still have to get paid for. Grains industry expert Jonathan Wilson, thank you for all of your time, detailed insight and work in putting together this series Beyond the Silo. There have been countless tips for successful grain marketing. Hopefully, they've helped many producers in the process. Thank you for all your time and involvement. Thanks, Drew. The information presented in this podcast is general in nature only and does not constitute legal, financial or investment advice. Listeners should seek professional advice relevant to their individual circumstances before making any decisions. While every effort has been made to ensure the information in this podcast is correct at the time of publication, we do not warrant, guarantee or accept any liability arising from its accuracy, reliability or completeness.